And so today I wanted, I wanted to highlight missions. It's, it's highlighted in the pastor's corner. You can check that out. And you, you may ask, why, why is Sunday highlighting missions work, Greg? Why? You know, I highlight it because it's vitally important. Missions and mission work is very important. Charles Malik, who is the Lebanese ambassador to the United Nations in the mid-1900s, he asked in a speech, what has been the greatest American contribution to the rest of the world? Has it been money? Has it been food? Has it been medical skill? Has it been military might? Has it been industrial know-how? Then he answered, the greatest thing to come out of America has been the American missionary effort. The quiet, selfless men and women who have left the comfort and security of their homeland to bring the gospel of Christianity to less favored nations. That's so, so very, very true. And guys, missions and mission work advancing the kingdom of God, it's at the very heart and core of us right here at Oso Creek Church. It's part of our mission statement, growing in Jesus, growing in community, and being on mission. Being on mission. And we support various missions and ministries around the globe and locally. Haley and, and Cody Conroy, I had them open the service and do the middle portion. I mean, they've been to Africa, Guatemala, anywhere else? Is that it? Bolivia. Bol- Bolivia, that's right. Not Kentucky? Never mind. That's all good. Hey, that's a mission work right there. No. But yeah, and, and there's a lot, many of you guys who have a hand in missions and a hand, uh, I know Cody is one of the coordinators for the Baptist Student Ministry here locally. Uh, where they are ministering and, and reaching out to the college students uh, here in, in the, the coastal bend. And that on mission of, of our church is about helping to fulfill the great commission of, of Jesus. Matthew 28, Pastor Julier just mentioned that, about going out and making disciples of everyone, all nations, okay? Preaching the gospel of Christ, making disciples, Okay. It's part of fulfilling the scriptures that Haley opened up the service with, 1 Chronicles 16, 23 through 25. Sing to the Lord all the earth, proclaim the good news of his salvation from day to day, declare his glory among the nations. We've become so consumeristic sometimes that we think that it's all about just what happens in these walls and on our campus. No, God's view is global, everybody. He came to seek and save those who are lost He wants his glory declared in all nations, and we are fulfilling that by being on mission. It's also fulfilling the passage in Romans that I put in the pastor's corner in the bulletin, if you've heard that already. And some may think, well, that's okay, man. Missions isn't important, or I'll let somebody else, you know, let's worry about that. But I I don't think that missions is important, okay? Listen, there was once a guy who learned why missions was important. Check this out. There were two Americans who were dinner guests of a tribal chief in the South Pacific Islands, and the subject of missions and mission work came up, and one of the Americans said, ah, I don't believe in missions and missionary work. And the host expressed surprise, then he remarked, you should believe in missions, brother, because until a few years ago, I was a cannibal, but a missionary came to my island and won me to Christ. Otherwise, instead of you being my dinner guest, you would be my dinner. <laughs> Whoa! You know what I mean? <laughs> I think I had a, a shock in there, but that's true, right? Listen, missions is important. 
And the missions work that we support as Oso Creek Church is very important. The work that's going on in Ecuador is great. Pastor Juliere and the pastors and elders, they're advancing the kingdom of God. Dino Rosalind that we support in Belize is advancing the kingdom of God. Nate Rubright in Boston that we support is advancing the kingdom of the Lord. Richard and Jemina uh, Rosalind who were here just about a month ago uh, are advancing the kingdom of God in Memphis, Tennessee. And then the local ministry organizations and groups that we support here locally, they are advancing the KOG, all right? Go on our website, learn more about these ministry uh, advances, okay? And I do want to say, and and if you've got a Bible or a Bible app, go to Nehemiah chapter 8. And I'm very mindful of our time, don't worry, all right? I see you rolling your eyes. I saw that, that, oh, no, just kidding. Listen, when you give to the general fund here, okay? When you give, there's a reason why we, we take a moment. First off, giving is worship. How many know that, right? It's worship. Giving is worship and praise to the Lord, okay? But also, when you give in the general fund, not only do you establish the general budget for this church, the AC, how many like the AC? You enjoy it? All right. I mean, the, all summer long, the kids' ministry has been struggling because the AC over there has been done. You know what I mean? But we've got it repaired. Praise the Lord. Because of giving, all right? AC, there's kid, also oh kids' supplies, staffing, utilities, equipment, grounds, all kinds of things, okay? You, you help establish the budget for this church with your general fund giving, but a percentage of our budget is dedicated to missions work here and around the world, okay? And we have a group of volunteers in the church that comprise what we call the on-mission team, um, who help determine who we support, as well as the procedures and policy of that, as well as the amount of support that these various ministries get. And so when you give to the general fund, gang, it's, it, you're giving globally as well. God will take that, He'll multiply it, and, and we're able to support some great kingdom work. And as far as the Ecuador work is concerned, also is, and I, and I bring this up because, you know, a lot, I've said this a couple weeks ago, like 85% of this congregation has just started attending Oso Creek within the last, what, year and a half? Oso is the only church that's giving Pastor Juliere and the Ecuador work support financially as well as feet on the ground. I've, I've seen the work firsthand, and believe me, it's growing. Pastor Juliere leads the main church in there in, in that the town. It's the very, very nice-looking church you saw, Okay. But then he oversees like three or four village churches that are up in the jungle where he's actively training men of those villages to be the pastors and elders of these various churches in the villages, okay? And now they have just launched a new church in, a, in the city called Tena by, by a man by the pastor Raul, and he's come from Cuba to help pastor a church. And so it's not just one church, guys. It is in the couple cities there, and it's up into the jungles, and we are supporting that, Okay. But not only supporting the churches, as as Crystal mentioned, we are helping various families that are members and attenders of those churches, helping a mom put a roof on a slat house, helping them lay foundations, getting them foundations for buildings and churches, okay, Uh, helping pour a small concrete pond so they can raise tilapia fish for food and stuff, okay, delivering the chickens and giving medical and relational and spiritual health. There's so much that's going on, and it's beautiful. Check out this real quick video here. This is, she mentioned us delivering chickens to families. Here's uh, one of the deliveries right here. If we can show that one, it should be the next slide. 
This was us going to a, a lady's house, delivering 100 chickens and chicken feed. That's the man of the house right there. Now I, I said, I thought something was on me. I got scared. I, 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 I can't believe I said that on camera. But I was like... <laughs> You like that flashlight. That's not the Geisman 6000. That, that's, that, that, oh well. But anyway, that, there's a box of chickens. There's the children. And then we deliver. That's Pastor Julia right there. And so we, that's good right there. That's, that, that's the work. And Pastor Julia is doing those kinds of things all the time. And it's beautiful. They're not backed by a big domin- denomination or a great number of churches. They're supported primarily by Oso Creek Church. And they're so thankful. They're so appreciative. They call themselves, you know what they call themselves? Creekers. Look at this next picture. No, I promise you. Look at this. That's me and a couple of the pastors on the end and, and one of the elders of the main church right there. Um, they love our shirts. They're always like, do you notice Pastor Julian and his family wearing the creek shirts? They, they, you know, they're like, pastors in the jungle. You know what I'm saying? It's a... They're preaching the word of the Lord. You know, I'm not Axel. I can't get that high. But anyway, they identify with us. I wanted you to know this. I wanted you to see this. And Oso Creek has been supporting this work for approximately 13 years and going strong. And it is awesome. Praise the Lord. All right, let's get to Nehemiah chapter 8. I'm going to talk to you very, very quickly about something, okay? Um. And it's a great trip. Dr. Rafa and Tanya, and the team, they have got it well down, man. The, I felt safe the entire time. The food we ate at our hostel, it was, I mean, there's like seven Ecuadorian women fixing feasts for us, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. I gained weight. I got home and man goes, did you gain weight? I was like, oh, I did. But anyway, talk to them. It'd be great. Okay. Listen, there's so many experiences I could share from my time in Ecuador, but there's two points of interest this morning that I want to bring out this morning based off a text in Nehemiah. And what God spoke to me kind of on this trip, okay, um, only two points, and I'll be very, very quick. We're going to take communion, and next Sunday in our series, the narrative of Nehemiah changes, and we're going to see that as the Israelites were building the walls and gates, they begin to face opposition and ridicule and, and criticism from people there, okay? Um, and we're going to talk about that, about when we are, are fulfilling God's vision, how we face criticism as believers and ridicule, that's next Sunday. But today, really quickly, I want to jump ahead a little bit to chapter 8 of the book of Nehemiah. We see in Nehemiah 6.15 that the demolished wall of Jerusalem was fixed. It was completed. They had rebuilt the entire city wall and the gates in a miraculous 52 days. Nehemiah did a big census of all the people. And in Nehemiah 8, we see all the people gather in front of the water gate, which symbolizes the Word of God. I talked about that a couple weeks ago where the religious scribe Ezra read to the people God's law or God's word. So starting with verse 9, it says, And Nehemiah, who was the governor, and Ezra the priest and scribe and the Levites who taught the people, said to all the people, This day is holy to the Lord your God. Do not mourn or weep, for all the people wept as they heard the words of the law. Then he said to them, Go your way, eat the fat, and drink sweet wine. And send portions to anyone who has nothing ready, for this day is holy to our Lord. And do not be grieved, for the joy of the Lord is your strength. How many have heard that verse before? All right. 
So the Levites calmed all the people saying, be quiet for this day is holy. Do not be grieved. And all the people went their way to eat and drink and to send portions and to make great rejoicing because they had understood the words that were declared to them. So what's going on here? First off, as the word of God was being read, the people began weeping as they realized how far away from the Lord they had gotten. And they hadn't heard the word of God read to them in a long, long time. And they were weeping for their sins. Listen, gang, there's definitely a time for mourning and weeping. That's a part of life. How many of you have mourned and wept before? All of us have, right? I see your hand online. I see it, all right? That's part of living. That's part of life. And we should and need to weep over our sins as well. Yeah, we talked about the, the dung gate last week. The, and I, I crossed the dung gate this week repairing a, a toilet. Just trust me, all right? Uh, that's a bad joke. Never mind. That's okay. But listen, we can be like Nehemiah who basically says in verse 10, okay, weeping is over. Now enjoy the grace of God. Enjoy the blessings of God. Enjoy the life that God has given you. The psalmist writes in Psalm 30, verse 5, weeping may last through the night, but joy comes in the morning. Now, my girls, Tegan and Kalea, they love and enjoy a good sleepover with friends when a friend gets to sleep over. But it's not fun when mourning and weeping wants to stay overnight, right? I love there's two Bible translations that translate Psalm 35 as weeping may spend the night or weeping may stay overnight. And it does that sometimes, right? But listen to me, believer. If you're a follower of Christ and a disciple of Jesus, weeping shouldn't take up residence in your house long term. Long term, right? Well, why not, Greg? Why not? Because with the morning comes joy. That's according to Scripture. And I read a verse last week referring to Jesus, and the imagery is so vivid and impactful. It's, it's the prophet Malachi, chapter 4, verse 2. But for you who fear my name, the sun of righteousness shall rise. When does the sun rise? In the morning, right? The sun of righteousness shall rise with healing in its wings. You see, Jesus himself heals our cries of mourning and weeping, and he replaces them with his strength and his love his comfort and joy. And we see that in verse 10 of our text in Nehemiah 8. Why doesn't weeping last? Because the joy of the Lord is our strength. Tell that to somebody right now. The joy of the Lord is your strength. So if you're weeping today or mourning today or crying over something or someone, and that is life, run to Jesus. Run to Jesus. He's our strength. He's our shield. He is our provider. He's our great shepherd. He's our comfort, and he will bring you joy. Weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. And that joy is from the strength of the Lord. When we run to Christ, he can replace our mourning and our weeping with his strength and his love and his goodness and his mercy. The truth is, gang, we are so blessed. We are so blessed, but we take too many things for granted, right? We take too many things for granted. Believe me, you realize this firsthand when you go on a mission endeavor like Ecuador. 
or like others of you have gone to different, some of you have gone to different places in the world, you realize that. And sometimes in our lives we get so critical, we get complacent, we get too entitled, right? And we let the stress and the worry, all this stuff just bog us down and get us down. We feel like we're just being squeezed. Listen, what's Nehemiah saying to the people in our text of chapter 8? He's saying God is your strength. Enjoy life in him. Rejoice in him. That's what he's saying in verse 12. Like God is our strength. Enjoy life in the Lord. Rejoice in him. Don't take things for granted, okay? Don't, don't take things for granted. My goodness, we, we take things for granted all the time. Realize how very blessed we are, how very blessed you are. My goodness, my, I'll tell you, I'll be honest, my attitude has changed since coming back from our trip by going to Ecuador. And I, you know, I never in the world ever wanted to go across seas to any mission endeavor. Like I said before, this, I know God's called me to the good old USA, you know, and I'm proud to be an American where at least, you know, I sang that when we flew back in. I think I started singing that in the airport, but it's all good. But I'll tell you, my attitude's changed. I'm so glad I went. I'm so glad I went. I've seen how the people we visit in Ecuador live. I, like Crystal, I could tell, I could spend all morning up here, put so many pictures, but I realize I'm so blessed. Gang, I'm so blessed. Why do I complain? Why, why am I negative at times? Why am I impatient? Why do I get so stressed and wrapped up in the minutia of everyday life, the small, trivial details that I, that I have allowed it to rob me of really enjoying the life as God intends it to be? You know, I, I was there among the people of Ecuador, and it hit me. I have nothing to complain about because my biggest problems here in America are, are minute compared to what they face and how they live. So I've decided, since I've come back, that I'm, I'm going to be like Nehemiah, what he told the Israelites. I'm going to rejoice and enjoy every minute of life that I have that God has blessed me with. And I feel like the Lord wants me to remind you of that as well. And my daily prayer is this, and I've got it on my phone so that I can recite this. This is the day that the Lord has made. When I wake up, I want to pray. This is the day that the Lord has made. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to be glad in it. That's Psalms 118.24. And I'm going to try with the help of the Holy Spirit to not complain, to be negative, or take things for granted. I'm going to rejoice and enjoy this day that God's blessed me with. Thank you, God, for another day to get it right. That's a prayer of my brother Huey. He prays that all the time, and I love that. God, thank you for another day to get it right. Listen, guys, nowhere in the Word of God does it read that we are to live our lives given by God, lives that are redeemed by the blood of Jesus Christ. We're not to live them stressed, anxious, worried, discouraged, depressed, frustrated, down, deflated, mournful, and all those negative attitudes like that, right? I get it, though. Life can bring that kind of stuff into our lives, and I've been, in, I've been there. Every single negative like that, I've been there. But our lives are to be marked by the joy of the Lord who is our strength that we see in Nehemiah 8.10. That's how your life should be marked. That's how my life should be marked as believers in the marketplace, in your social spheres, at your work, in your neighborhood. That even when you're going through the deepest valley, we talked about the valley of gate, we've been there. Even when you're going there, they say, dude, there's, there's something, 
What about you? How come you're not messed up? How, how can you have a peace? How can you be smiling? Say, I can do that because I know the joy of the Lord is my strength. I can do that because I know that weeping may last for the night, but joy comes in the morning. I can be this way because God's got me in his hand, right? When we're hit and confronted with various negative aspects in life, we don't stay there. We don't hover there. We don't wade in those waters. We don't swim in the lap of negativity, okay? No, we realize whose we are. We realize and know according to God's word that he's for us, not against us. And our strength and joy and peace and comfort that we have is all in him. Okay, I've been there. Dude, I've battled serious depression multiple times in my life. Long, okay? I know what I'm talking about. I know what that's about. But the sad part is when we stay in those negatives for far too long, our eyes are focusing on the wrong thing, okay? We need to focus on God and His Word and have the attitude that no matter what, and I'm going to enjoy every day that God gives me, and I'm going to stretch, <laughs> and I'm going to stretch. And I think that's one of the creek notes there. You're going to enjoy every day that God gives you and stretch. I know that stretching and exercise is good. And we went to Jeff and Aaron's Prier's house yesterday, and they did one of their great workouts, and my thighs are killing me all day. I woke up. I was like, ooh. But they stretch, and it's good. I'm talk, but I'm talking about stretching your faith this morning, Okay. And again, I was up there a week before we left Ecuador, like Crystal said, okay, and I told you a trip like that was a stretch of faith for me, and it was. I'll never forget, after the spring trip, when you guys gave your, uh, the little report of the Ecuador, they, they go two, we go two times a year. Bro, I remember Jeff Prier is one of our elders. He was sitting right over here. He walked, I was standing here. He walked right up to me. He didn't say anything to anybody else. He walked right up to me and goes, you need to go on this Ecuador trip the next one. I started giving him all these excuses. You know what I mean? It was a stretch, gang, all right? And Crystal just told you. So she texted me what she told you guys that day. That she goes, the Lord whispered into her spirit, you know, stretch your faith for me. Dude, what a message for every single one of us. First point I want to talk about is enjoy the life God's given you. Don't take things for granted. God has blessed you. Even if you're in a valley, you are blessed because God's for you, not against you, Okay? And the second thing is stretch your faith for God. Stretch your faith for the Lord. How, how are you stretching your faith for the Lord? Jake, if you want to come up, man, that'd be great. The writer of Hebrews says in, in Hebrews 11, verse 6, that without faith, it's impossible to please God. What are you believing God for, gang? What are you believing Him for? What are you doing for the kingdom of God? Ask yourself right now, what am I doing for the kingdom of God? How are you giving to the kingdom of God? How are you serving in the kingdom of God? Where are you going for the kingdom of God? Are you being stretched? Are you comfortable? God never wants us at ease and comfortable. Matter of fact, when you read the Old Testament, he gives a lot of warnings. Woe to those who are at ease. Woe to those who are comfortable. Without faith, it's impossible to please God. How is God stretching you in your faith? Maybe it's in your giving. Hey, we are a tithing church. We preach and believe that God, the first 10% of our income is His. We believe that's very, very biblical. And I've heard all the arguments against it. And I, I, don't, I, I, 
I think God's word is what God's word says. Is God stretching you there? Hey, you can ask anybody who's a faithful tither. It's still a stretch. Because a lot of us are living paycheck to paycheck, right? <laughs> a few of you are like, hey, man. No, just kidding. <laughs> hey, are you allowing God to stretch your faith? How about, what, how about your serving? How about using the talents and the abilities God's given you? Are, you? are you allowing him to stretch? Maybe God wants you to go, to pick up the mantle and go on a mission trip. Go serve somewhere, and that's a stretch. I learned from Pastor Julier that culturally there in the Ecuadorian jungle villages, culturally when someone gives something, they give you something, they expect something in return, okay? And I love this, and he goes, this is what he tells people when, when he's presenting the gospel to them. Jesus gave his life for all of us, and he, all he asks us is, to leave all and follow him. To leave it all and follow him. And that's the truth of the gospel game. Christ gave his life for us. And he asked us to leave our pride, leave our creature comforts that keep us from following him or obeying him. Leave our controlling attitude. Leave our, our penchant to be selfish, to hold on to our, our finances and, and, and our material things that we feel like we've accumulated. To leave our egotistical thinking where we believe that the entire world revolves around us. To leave our sense of entitlement and to simply follow Him and His ways and His word. And you may think, dude, that, Greg, that's a lot to give up, man. Woo! Because I like my egotistical self. <laughs> you look in the mirror and you say, I love you. You know what I'm saying? No. Hey, we all love our pride. We, yeah, we, we're prideful people. Selfishness, right? And we might not say it, but we think, Greg, I really like the world revolving around me and my wants and my desires. You know, and that, you, you're talking about a lot, a lot, Greg, to give up, you know. Listen, Jesus gave up so much more for all of us. Amen? And he asked us all this. Just come and follow me. Come and follow me. And whatever you truly need can be found in Christ. Our greatest need is Christ in our lives. I'm going to ask those that are going to serve communion if they'll come up and get their tray and take their place in front of the altar. And I want us to come and listen, man, as we come up and get communion elements, go back to your seat, I'll read the scripture, we'll take communion together. The Apostle Paul writes to the Corinthians to let a person examine themselves before they do this. Listen, man, make sure you're in the body of Christ. Follow Jesus. Let this be, even for you that's serving the Lord for 40 years, a recommitment as we remember what Christ has done for us. How he paid the highest price so that we could live forever. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And so as we sing this, this song here, they lead us in a song, and we fill these aisles and come and get the bread that represents Christ's body and the, the juice that represents his blood and realize what he's done for us, man, make a recommitment to the Lord. I've decided to follow Jesus. Though none go with me, 
That's all right. Still, I will follow. Let that be our attitude and say, Lord, forgive me if I've taken aspects of this life for granted. If I've got my eyes off of the blessings that you've given me and I'm just worried about the stuff down here, let's get our eyes on Christ and realize He's our strength. He's our joy. And let's live our lives enjoying what He's blessed us with and given us. Amen?